This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, we always say it's never a quiet week in Milton Keynes and I think it was the most relevant that's been that statement in a long time. Obviously, a lot to happen this week, so a lot to get through tonight. Uh, I'm absolutely knackered from work and Dons, uh, so this is going to be good fun. Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, apart from, apart from my um, MOT, um, well, the summary just came through of just over 200 quid it's a big blow but uh i'm not too bad well so long as the car got through it all mate that's all that matters and uh joe how just you doing about <laughs> yeah all good well i mean all that matters is that ross is able to actually make it to fleetwood on tuesday so uh yeah as long as that's okay i'll be fine yeah exactly yeah and i'm sure obviously with bigger bigger way trips coming up always like sunderland also you know it's going to be a lot of traveling for well, a lot, a lot of people's cars, if they're not any Rosses. But um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting week. Obviously, lots to talk about. Of course, the trip to the local trip to Wickham uh, to discuss uh, deadline day. Of course, three new players into the MK Don squad. And uh, speaking of which, it's probably should start with our ticket giveaway winner. Um, thank you to everyone who did enter the giveaway in the end. I think it was like 120 odd in the end, which is really, really good response. Thank you everyone did that and it's good to see uh, everyone wanting to back the boys on the road this month so of course it was three people who joined so 49 people uh, out of those who did enter I guess three people correctly so well done to those people uh, and the winner is Jonathan Bennington and his twitter at is jmbennington75 congrats Jonathan I will be getting in touch with you probably some point tomorrow once you've had a chance to listen to this and hopefully you know, had a nice reaction to that and uh, yeah we'll we'll chat about what game you want to go to and we'll sort it all out so yeah congrats Jonathan and yeah hopefully we'll see you at the games I'm, I'm heading to both I'm sure the OG gents on this call are heading to both also so yeah we'll see you there okay boys on to Wickham obviously a lovely little local trip to 
high weekend for us, a 1-0 victory. Overall, I think I, I was always confident we could win this game and in typical Don's fashion, we did really well. Uh, I felt, obviously, the start of the game is a bit end-to-end. We've had our chances, uh, but luckily for us, one of the players of the game for me, Joshua Ketker, makes a key interception in our own, our own half, uh, sends Theo off on the track. He runs about half the pitch, has a little shot, and then David Stockdale you know, spills it. For some reason, Travis only just does nothing, just kind of just sits there and stares at the football, a bit of ball watching, and then that leaves Twiney to sweep up the rest to make it 1-0. And that kind of gives us you know, the perfect start, really, and gives you know, the, the 1,400 Dons faithful at the game, you know, a brilliant start to the game. And I think I think everything from that, our momentum was just there. I think there's a few chances to Wickham, you know, the, the big one from Hanlon where Jamie, Jamie Cohen comes out, makes himself big and makes that save is a big one. But I think overall, you know, we had real control over this game, which is something we haven't really had um, going to Wickham in the past, to me, from my previous experiences. Um, and of course, we could have created even more. You know, Theo had a chance, which Stockdale saved onto the bar brilliantly in the second half. Um, but yeah, overall, a really resilient performance, especially in that second half, defending the lots. And yeah, I think um, you know everything everything that happened on the pitch was absolutely terrific. And you know that really shows to us why well, why we've why we've been drumming this you know promotion sort of bandwagon this whole time because we know the squad's there. And I think you know. Even with a depleted squad, you know, with what gained, I think, six, seven points with a depleted squad with 90 people on the bench. So, yeah, listen, I think it's an excellent performance. And, Ross, I'm, I'm sure you agree with me on that front. Yeah, absolutely. Bang on. And I think um, this season, um, we've been known for scoring many goals in games, but we were showing our different side of the the uh, the game as such. Um, defensively, I felt... As you said, Liam, that I personally felt that was one of our def- best defensive displays of the season so far. I felt we literally gave nothing to Wickham in that second half, no half chances whatsoever. And um, we know it was going to be a slog with Wickham, um, long balls into the channels and in the box and fair play to come in. He was absolutely outstanding um, in that second half, claiming everything. And maybe that's one of the negatives we've had in previous goalkeepers, Nichols, maybe Fisher. Um, we've, we haven't had someone who's assured in their box and it seems like Jamie Cumming is that. And is yeah, very, very pleased with how his performance, but it, it helps when he's got a brick wall in front of him um, in Darling, Louis and Ihora. Um, all three of them just absolutely solid all game. Heading, Rosette, Wherever it went, it didn't go in the back of the net. And at the end of the day, in these big games, um, you mentioned about it, Liam, about control. In these games, some people lose their heads. But for for obviously a team which is young, it seemed like we were the experienced ones and we took it on the chin and uh, we rode out the result quite comfortably, I felt. And um, I felt we could have easily went on for another 90 minutes and Wickham still wouldn't have scored. So overall, I was really pleased with the result. And at the end of the day, it was a huge statement for the rest of the league, I felt. Um, we're fourth v fifth. Um, and yeah, let's roll it, roll on to Lincoln, hopefully, and uh, carry on the momentum we've created. Yeah, I mean, some of Lincoln, um, some of Lincoln's players, some of um, Wickham's players on the day, I was a bit disappointed by. Like uh, Gareth McCleary, I've heard all really good things about him. He's had, a, he's, wrong, he's had a brilliant season, but to, you know, say he's better than. Uh, Scott Twine, I, I think, is a bit of a ridiculous comment based on what I saw on Saturday. I thought, 
yes, you know, Twine gets the goal, but I mean, anyone who's watched Twine even for a couple of games this season will see that, you know, he's got the explosive ability and talent basically to, well, he is the best player in the league. I, I, I don't, I don't understand anyone, anyone could dispute that, but yeah, it was a great, some great points there, Ross, which I'm sure we'll touch upon later in a bit more depth. But before we do that, Joey, give us your overall thoughts on the win at Wickham. Yeah, I thought it was just really solid all-round performance. And, you know, for all, all of the, you know, we were ahead for a lot, a big portion of the game, but actually we still looked a threat. It wasn't like other games where we have been just sat deep and trying to grind it out. We have had, did have our moments going forward as well. Um, I thought the thing is, as well, we weren't sat on the edge of our box. We actually just stopped them creating attacks, never mind stopped them having shots. Come in, only have three saves to make and... You know, th- those crosses weren't leading to shots because he'd already dealt with them himself, which is really good. Um, Gareth McCleary, you mentioned, he was kept quiet. He actually switched sides, I believe, as well. And um, I think all round just really, really good. And we maintained a big threat on the counter-attack. Um, and, and you know, with a fairly thin squad, uh, which has been you know added to, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. So, yeah, really good achievement to, to come away with all three points and... You know, we've seen elements of, of that sort of thing this season, but, you know, that felt like probably our most well-rounded win. Because, um, you know, with Portsmouth and Wigan, yeah, we maybe were on the back foot a little bit more, but I think this was probably up there with the best performance of the season. Yeah, completely agree. And apologies, there's a bit of a background noise in, uh, in Joe's end. He's uh, obviously in his new office, so he's uh, a lot of moving parts and things like that. So, you know, apologies on that front, but, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that impact Joe's thoughts on the whole game at all. Because, uh, yeah, it, it was a fantastic performance. And I do feel that, yeah, I completely agree. It's one of the best performances of the season. I feel this, the team stepped up for big games 90% of the time this year, especially against the teams that are, you know, at times above us or around us in the league. Obviously, there's a few games where they've struggled, but on, on the whole, it's, um, yeah, it's really impressive. And, you know, Ross, Ross alluded to Jamie Cummins' performance, and we highlighted him on the, on the socials to turn the his performance. I thought, absolutely fantastic. You know, the, the five high claims I mentioned a lot. It felt like a lot more during the game. Um, he was absolutely incredible in terms of just, you know, dealing with situations which, you know, Previous previous regimes and previous keepers have probably been told not to do, but you know this is a different one. And Jamie's come in, and I feel yeah, he's even a bit of better players. And I think that's that highlights that. Of course, t- the two key saves inside the box. A big one from Hallam was, of course, the, you know the, the key difference maker because that goes past him. It's a, it's a completely different game. And yeah, another clean sheet for coming Ross. Um, you know he's been one of the better signings of January. Window, to be honest, hasn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. I'll probably. I'll... You know, it's quite a bold thing to say already. I feel like he's probably had the most impact on the team. Um, I know in the game against Doncaster, yes, we lost it, but I felt he made some really good saves in that to keep it at one nil. Um, Pompey, we saw the we we saw the save. I believe it was um, from Hurst, George Hurst, um, up top the header. Um, and we saw it this this game. He didn't make sh- loads of shots. At, stops um but he claimed the ball as i said he was just reassuring and i feel like especially with we with us having such a young back line the trust there in jamie coming um to collect things at corners and yes wickham um like to pump balls in the box but they've also got players who are very tall like sam vokes he, he must easily be like six five six six easy um but at the end of the day, it's just nice to have someone um, who we can rely on in the air, um, 
in the MK Dons ranks. Yes, yeah, so Joe, we were just chatting about uh, Jamie coming and his, his dominance of his area, his high claims, his big saves. And, you know, me and Ross kind of agreed that he's been one of the biggest signings to the window so far in terms of impact. I'm assuming you agree, but it'd be great to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think he's been really good. And uh, it's not to say that Fish was a bad keeper. I think that they're just better at different things, perhaps. I think Fish still has the superiority with, in terms of playing the ball out from the back. But in terms of some of the stuff that Cummins managed to pull off on on Saturday, like I mentioned, a lot of it isn't, you know, we've seen the game-winning saves, um, which Fish did too also. But we've also seen, um, you know, it, him actually stopping the ball, becoming a threat whilst it's, whilst it's in the air. And obviously against Wickham, that's going to be, yeah, one of their one of their key tools to try and hurt you. And we did so well to nullify that because how often have we been stung by crosses into the box and people at a back post or, you know, just that one person uh, losing their marker. So, yeah, it was just re really reassuring. Every time a ball went in the box, I kind of, I just didn't panic too much. And for a young keeper as well, normally you'd say that, you know, you'd maybe associate young keepers with, you know, maybe having a little howler in them and bit, but being an amazing shot stopper. Whereas he, he's got these the calmness and the maturity of, you know, a 35 year old goalkeeper. So uh, really pleased. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're, you know, we haven't gone backwards at all in the goalkeeper department. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it definitely helps when he's, you know, Ross described it as a brick wall, but I think it was a nice surprise to see Harry Darden return to the starting eleven. On a Saturday, of course, it was recovering from an injury past couple of games. Um, but yeah, I, I feel you know, going back to that back three, it, I was I was interested to see how the team would. I know they played it all season. I was interested to see how the team, you know, would get back to that after playing different formation the past couple of weeks. And um, overall, Joe, they were they were fine and they kept another clean sheet. And Darling once again was instrumental, and that's why he's been player nominated player of the month. I, I think, yeah, you've mentioned that, but I think that the real unsung hero of the last, I'd say, three months was is Warren O'Hara. I've been on here before and said I thought Warren O'Hara maybe, I think he's been our most consistent performer along with you know, O'Reilly and Twine uh, all season, really. And I think if, if, obviously, if you don't have someone that likes Scott Twine who's scoring seemingly every week and scoring from 40 yards every, whenever he fancies it, you know, I think was is in with a shout for probably player of the season so far. And then with Lewington as well, consistent as ever. With Darling, as you say, I think he's he probably gets a lot of the headlines because he'll, you know, he's the one that drives forward. He's the one that, you know, we we love that tackle to see where where he completely wiped out his man. Um, but I think all three of them have different qualities and they all complement each other really well. And uh, in the league, we've actually only conceded three goals in our last seven games. And the most, I think we conceded one in three of those games and then clean sheets in four or seven, something, something along those lines anyway. So, you know, that just goes to show that it's not just, you know, a few gritty performances. We're consistently keeping the ball out the back of our net and we're not actually conceding a lot of shots either. I mean, Wickham, they had nine shots and they were at home and behind for 80, well, 75 minutes, 80 minutes. So to limit a team that's, you know, vying for promotion to less than 10 shots at home, I think that's a, a phenomenal effort. Yeah, most definitely. And I think a player, you know, if if you're going through the lines here, and I, I think a player who reset out and is shaming off injured and in the 53rd minute against Wickham, I thought for Josh McEachern was absolutely fantastic. You know, of course, of course, he gets the third assist for the goal in terms of his contribution, that interception. 
But I, I felt overall, you know, with, with Connor Coverage still getting used to the ropes in terms of his MK Don side, I thought Josh really guided him through it and really, you know, again, like he did against Bertie, you know, didn't necessarily have the cut through ability that he did. Well, frankly, he didn't need to, but I thought he was all over the pitch. I thought he did his job really well. And it's, it's going to be a shame if he is out for a few weeks to lose him. Of course, we've got the additions in now and the likes of um, Matt Smith and Dan Kemp, who we'll chat about later on. But Ross, you know, I thought, again, McEachern in back-to-back performances where, you know, he's he's been absolutely stellar. I think with Josh McEachern, um, I think it always was a case of game time. Um, the more games he was, he's going to play, the better he's, he's going to get. And I think the only reason why he's at this level was due to his injury record. It's just for one reason or another, it hasn't worked out in his career. And um, we we can all see he's carry, he carries so much um, ability um, in the middle of the pitch. The calmness he brings alongside um, Twine and all them, um, he allows him to drift off. And um, as we all know, he's got that dirty side to the game also. He can break, break up play um, if the other team are on counters. Um, and... It's a shame, really, because obviously we, we were starting to see the very best of Josh McEachern. Um, but at the end of the day, these things happen and it's just how you adapt to these situations. And yes, we've got the reinforcements in now, but um, I'm hoping these reinforcements can step up and uh, match his performances. Yeah, so I, I don't... Well, from Lee Manor's comments um, on his deadline day chat with Toby and Luke and things like that, it didn't sound too serious with Josh. It sounded like a sprain, so... I mean, hopefully it's a few weeks, nothing more than that, a bit like Harry Darlings was. But yeah, listen, I, I think I'm even doing a disservice to him in terms of his creativity against Wickham. He still had three key passes. So even for a player in the category who didn't really do that a whole lot when he was in his previous role um, before the past couple of games, you know, even three key passes is a hell of a lot for a player who's hitting that deep, Joe. And I think it only speaks volumes to his performances, not only on his Burton, but also against Wickham. Yeah, and I think as well, one of the main differences we saw, you know, it we've seen in recent weeks, especially since Theo Corbin, who's come in, is we've got runners in behind now. A lot of the time, you know, when it was O'Reilly and, say, Boateng and, or Twine behind the uh, the striker, you weren't necessarily getting those piercing runs in behind. And that's one thing that Max Waters did really well. Mo Issa, you know, not so much. He's more of in the box and in and around the box and running at defenders. But actually, the ability to have, you know, two or three people making them runs off the ball, that's the only reason McKechnie can do those passes in the first place. And he's, you know, he's played near, I think he's played nearly 200 championship games. So he's obviously got the quality to do that. Um, uh, As Ross said, he has got the dirty side to his game. And he has been, you know, we've used that to our advantage to break up quick counter-attacks, etc. So, you know, his legs aren't totally gone or anything like that. And he's, um, yeah, I'm really happy for him. And, you know, it's glimpses of... I think last season we probably saw him at a higher level than we have in parts this season, but I think that's only purely because of the form of Robson and O'Reilly in the middle of the park. So now he's getting more a more consistent run of games. It's no surprise that he's able to string these performances together and um, an element of control and tempo, you know. So even against the low block of Burton and against Doncaster, I thought we still moved the ball quite well. Um, obviously, Doncaster's second half, probably less said about that, the better, but I don't think it, m- many people were at the races that day. But I just think, you know, when you've got someone like that who's literally the metronome of the team, it just allows everyone else to to feed off that. And people know that if they're making those runs in behind, because uh, you had Troy doing it, running the channels, you have Theo doing it, and you had Scott doing it, 
you know, it gives Josh a lot of options from the middle of the park rather than just playing it out wide to a wing back. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it wasn't just those three guys for us. Well, the whole team is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, but a few of names I wanted to mention, I thought Troy Parrott, you know, for all of his, you know, tons of people have got on his back. I thought on Saturday he was excellent. You know, he really got stuck in him and Twiney really dug in for the boys. And when they weren't attacking and scoring goals, you know, they still they still put in the hard yards and made sure the team kept a clean sheet. So credit to those two boys. And uh yeah, I thought I thought overall it was a really good team performance and absolutely absolutely delighted that we got the three points basically. Moving at the league, moving at the league. So yeah, a few days after the Wiccan win, of course, deadline day came about. Uh Don's expected to be busy and they were. I was signed three players, um, you know, three really exciting players on the face of things. It breaking down individually, uh, starting off with uh, Kane Kessler, uh, on loan from Aston Villa the rest of the season. Uh, right wing back, of course, was at Swindon earlier on in the season. Really impressed a lot of people, to be fair. I think he got a lot of attention from that Man City game in the Cup, but I think his performances have been a lot more than that this year. You know, in terms of attacking stats, he's basically in the 80 to 90th percentile win. You know, like crossing and offensive duel of success. So, very much like to be fair, Pete Kioso, he's he's not afraid to get stuck in at the higher end of the pitch. You know, and his, and his goal contributions this season have been fantastic. And also possession wise, you know, he's really high on dribbles. I think he's I mean, he's completely the most dribbles in the league two in terms of his position. So that just kind of shows to you that you know, not only is he not afraid to win the ball, he's also very confident with it. And and I think also getting into the box is quite a key thing for him. And yeah, I'd say assist-wise, goals-wise, brilliant. Uh, it's really exciting signing, to be fair. I think when you hear that type of name on the Monday morning, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is going to be a quite an exciting signing. And I think Ross to see it go over the line and to have a replacement for Kyoso, who you know some people thought may come back if it eventually didn't happen. I think getting a player like Kessler in for him is a, an excellent signing, quite frankly. Yeah, I think the thing what pleased me the most was the fact that, obviously, um, he's... He's playing regularly in that Swindon team, um, obviously on loan. And they're fighting up the higher end of League Two in the playoffs. Um, obviously, it's competition for Watson. It literally can only be a good thing for Watson. I know we've started to see a, a lot more um, better version of Watson recently, but it, there's no harm in having Kesler there. Um, and from the highlights I've seen of him, which the club put out, he means business. Um He's got a bit of flair about his game, in his game. Um, he loves to run at players, similar to what Laird was um, under Russell Martin. Um, and I feel like he's the most important trait, I feel, as a wing-back is self-belief in my eyes. Um, if you back yourself in that, in that position, you're going to have success. And um, it seems like he does that. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see him in a Don shirt. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is with Kessler as well, he's, he's probably, well, they're both suited to the, the 3 5 2 or the 3 4 2 1, however you want to call it. Um, but I think Kessler is, if we do go back to the three back, I think he's more likely to start on Saturday, to be fair, compared to Watson. You know, he's not he's not short of match fitness, he's been playing every week for Swindon. Um, I suppose it just depends on how he integrates into the team over the training sessions this week. But Joe, I don't know, well, it'd be great to hear your overriding thoughts, but I feel that basically. Kessler's offers a different dynamic to Watson to which, you know, perhaps replicates what Kyoso offered to the team. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, it's not to take anything away from what Watson's been doing in the last six weeks either. I think it's been fantastic when Kyoso's he had his COVID issues and also obviously he's been recalled by Luton. Um, 
And I think I think it, uh, Ross mentioned Ethan Laird, and I think he's going to be a lot more Ethan Laird than he is going to be Peter Chioso. With Chioso, I think a lot of it was, you know, his raw athletic abilities is, you know, without wanting to generalise, but his power and driving into the box. And, you know, and also Chioso was a good big set, threat from set pieces. But I think with Kessa Hayden, he almost looks like a winger. Like he, he looks like a winger, you know, with his two diamond earrings in and, you know, and that sort of thing. It's not like the Gary Neville's of old, is it? Um, but I think with him as well, you know, he's got, he's obviously got that pace. He's a good size as well. He looked quite tall. And I think that, you know, we've mentioned, I mentioned earlier about how we've got runners in this team now. You know, we've got people like Troy Parrott who are making the runs in behind when he's in the middle. And also you've got, you know, Theo Corbinu now who one-on-one, he, they love, they love, like Theo Corbinu, he just, he, he basically sizes his man up and he says, I'm going to beat you. And I think that's what Kessler Hayden's going to be doing as well. So them two on the right-hand side, I worry for most of the left-backs in the league, I have to be honest. And I think another important thing is that, again, a massive shout-out to, you know, to Liam Sweet and Ram and Nathan, um, who've been working over the transfer window because, you know, Kyoso was one that we were still going after and we said, and uh, Liam Sweet and he, he said, put it quite well in his uh, in his uh, interview that I'd urge everyone to watch um, on on I saw on YouTube clubs YouTube is that you know we, at certain points you've got to then move on to the next one and yes we probably would have loved Kyoso back and it you know maybe that would have been easier and you know because he's been here all season however you've got to be ready to have the players um, and the options available to move on when you need to. And it's not like, uh, you know, we've panicked and just got in anyone we could. It's obviously someone that we've been aware of before. And it's just, you know, right, that one's not worked out. Who's next? And I think that's just goes to show, again, how smooth the process has been at the club. And I think it's just an example as well how, you know, I think there was rumours that actually he was going to be back up to uh, Matty Cash at Aston Villa. But I think Aston Villa are deciding that actually for his development, playing 20 games till the end of the season in a team fighting for promotion at the top end of League One, that's going to be more beneficial for his future. So, yeah, I think both really good execution by the club, but also, you know, another um, another sort of vote of confidence from what we're doing is is, is good and it's working and clubs are up, 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 um, higher in the pyramid of buying into it. Yeah, yeah. So I can only echo the the compliments for the Decreative team. Absolutely fantastic this month. And you know, as Sweet said it himself, you know, it's been probably the toughest window he's faced as a you know in in his time of football. So the fact that he's come out and said that and then well, we think as well as he has, you know, is I think it's an absolute credit to him and the team. So yeah, well done, lads, well done, lads. Um second signing of the day, Matt Smith from Man City on a permanent deal. This one's a very, very interesting one. Of course, I think everyone knows the talent of Matt Smith from based off Ian from his you know, highlight reel. You can see how technically gifted he is as a footballer. And you know, whilst he isn't maybe the most physically gifted footballer, he doesn't need it. You know, he's so elusive on the ball. And you can see from his highlight reel that he's not only able to assist players, but also score goals himself. I think for me, because we had, I had this debate with a lot of people um, on deadline day in terms of you know who who's more likely the player to be that sort of Matt O'Reilly in the middle of the pitch. I, th- I think for me, it is Matt Smith. Um, I think people were comparing the, the third side in Dan Kemp to a bit more of a O'Reilly type. And I personally don't see it. I, I just think from what I've seen of, when I've seen of Smith 
so far is that he is that player who can get out of tricky situations and be like McEachern, to be fair. He's, kind of, he's like a weird mix of McEachern and O'Reilly in terms of his technical ability, but also his gift of a passing ability. And and again, like what we've seen from O'Reilly this season when he was in a Don shirt, he actually managed to grab goals as well. So yeah, I think to get a player like his, of his calibre, even if City have got, a say, a hefty sell-on clause, which is rumoured, you know, it, to get that guy on a permanent as, as opposed to a loan, I think is is brilliant business. And he's only going to thrive in the system, I think, Ross. And uh, Tab in the building is very, very positive. Yeah, it's, it seems like he's got um, a real sense of maturity about him with, with obviously him only being 22-year-old. Um, and from, again, I know it's only highlights and you can pick what you want of it, but it seems like he's very aware of his surroundings. And in this current setup, it's going to get tight. And um, if we open up, up up on the pitch, there's going to be space elsewhere. And as you say, Liam, he's pass, passing, um, well, his range of passings, I find it quite outrageous. He can switch a ball quite easy. And obviously with wing backs, it's ideal. And yes, we, we had to pay um, a hefty fee for him, but it seems like it's a long time, long term buy. And um, yes, we can credit Sweeten for the buy, but um, also it's the long term vision of the football club at stake, also. Yeah, 100%. And obviously, you know, Smith being a part of City Football Group previously has had a few loan spells abroad. And Joe, I know you spoke to someone from FC20 about him in terms of what it was like at second division, second division of Holland. So he's got, he's not only had experience in English football, but also in Dutch. Yeah. And I believe he was only 18 or 19 at the time as well. Uh, yeah. I've got a friend over in Holland and he was saying that, you know, he was a great player for them. He was, I think he was a bit more attack minded then, but I think now he's, you know, a bit more, not, not, he's not a sitter, but he's very much box to box player now. Um, and I think that one thing, yeah, you know, again with it is, in terms of, like you mentioned, the, the fee. I think it's. I think it's a low to start with, but with, if with successes and, and etc., it could can be become quite a substantial figure. But I think that just shows that one, you know, we're able to negotiate good deals, and two, also that you know we're not just, you know, we are selling, starting to play, sell players for money, but that money's being reinvested, and we're not, we're now not going for trying to get a good freeze and then sell them on. We're now. Right now, we're going to find good talent, get sign them up, buy them up, so that other teams can't, and then we're moving on into um, you know almost different markets. And again, twenty-two years old, great age. Um, he's played football at a uh, a decent rate as well. So he, I think he's got over a hundred career appearances. So again, it's not someone that's twenty-two and been sat in an academy having played twelve minutes in a Carabao Cup game against against I don't know. Well City always seem to get like Burton and Albion and Rotherham, don't they? But you know, it's not that that's not the case. It's it's been he's been playing competitive men's football. He was involved in a playoff uh, chasing campaign for Doncaster for who for a lot of the season last year were right up there. So you know it's not someone again it's not and also I think it's it's not a risk. You know, that's, I think, is a really important thing. It's not, say, you know, a 19-year-old fresh out of an academy. It's someone that's a good, a, still a good young age, but has got first-team experience and you can, you'll can you probably assume can fit right in. And so, yeah, again, it's, it's, what, it's a position we needed. So, yeah, there you go. That's one tick. And it's a good age, good fee. And 
all you know, there's the potential there. All of a sudden, you look at some midfielders um, that have left League One, the likes of Ben Whiteman, perhaps. I think he went for one and a half million plus um, from from Doncaster actually to to Preston, and he's doing really well in the Championship. So I think as well, even if we did go up, maybe this is a sign-in as well with a view to the Championship in terms of that that sort of technical player, but also you know someone that can grow with the club as well as well as just just uh, be, being a decent performer in League One. Yeah, and the third and final signing day in Dan Kemp, for me, is the most exciting and intriguing one. Um, I know Sweden said he had a lot of messages from people and asked interest in signing, but I think I think it's a really, really good signing. I really do. It's, you know, he's a player who can play in multiple positions. You know, obviously this season he's played in seventh, late in Orient. Is that his best position? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, he showed a right stats there. You know, he's in high percentiles in terms of key passes. Uh, being progressive with his passes and then, you know, certain t- aspects of assists come from that. We do quite high notes if you have task boys. So, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the right position. I think for me, I've, what I've seen at Dan Kemp, it's more, I'd like him more as a 10. Um, obviously, we've got Scott Twine in the 10, so we'll see what happens there. But I think, I think he's a player who fills a lot of holes for us. So it's, it's a type of player who, you know, you prefer, it's on deadline day, you know, we're looking to fill two three positions with multiple players, but Dan does that for us, playing a 10, play as a winger, the 3-4-3, three, three, say a Theo or Twiney are, um, you know, tired or injured. Hopefully they're both not, by the way. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's highlight, it highlights kind of show explosiveness. I feel like a bit like Smith, he's not physically gifted, but it doesn't need to be. He's very, very good dribbler, elusive on the football, elusive with the football. And yeah, I, I think basically... My summary of Dan Kemp is that he's been misused at Leighton Orient. We've grabbed him for an absolute steal. And I think even if he's a squad player, I think, which I don't think he will be, I think he'll be playing quite regularly, to be honest. I think he's going to be an absolute fantastic signing. And I think he's one of the better signings to win, though, to be honest. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Joe. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's one of them, you say it's interesting. I remember when we signed Ethan Robson and we were, you know, you look back on his on Ethan Robson's career and you think, yeah, it's good, it's all right, it's solid. Yeah, he's he's so so. But actually, you know, I think I think I saw someone say normally when you look at a sign, you think it might be average, and then you see MK Dons have done it, and you think, oh, what am I missing? Um, because Ethan Robson, he really was, you know, he really was excellent. He really was excellent in his time with us. And I think Kemp's another similar one like that. If you look on his Wikipedia page, you know, you're not going to be thinking. God, this guy's destined for a move up upper league into League One for a, a side challenging for promotion. However, if you maybe look a little, little bit more into it, again, he's 23, so he's got plenty of uh, football under his belt. And if you look at the teams he's actually been playing for in League Two, it's been Stevenage and it's been Leighton Orient. Now, Leighton Orient, they're currently managed by uh, Kenny Jacket, who was, let's just say, not known for free-flowing football at Portsmouth in his previous job. Um, so, you know, when you've got a winger who winger slash number 10, who's five foot seven or so, uh, yeah, that's maybe it's a, it's easy to not quite show your talent. And I saw a few Leighton Orient fans say, actually, under the previous manager, I believe it might have been Joby McEnough or, or maybe Ross Embleton, the one before, that he was actually, you know, he was absolutely brilliant for them. So I think that's one of them where, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a round peg in a square hole sort of situation, and if we if we're the round hole for his round peg, then let's let's do it. Uh, again, 
it gives us more options behind the striker. Um, sometimes we've mentioned about the low block struggling to penetrate it. Well, you know, Fear Corbinou and Dan Kemp, I think, are both two signings that address it. And also at the same time, I think they almost change our approach a little bit because it is about being more direct, having players that can beat players one on one. You know, Matt O'Reilly was a fantastic player, but, you know, not often would you see him burst down the wing or fly past someone or do a trick or, you know, that sort of thing, or, you know, run beyond and make runs in behind, where I think that the two players we have picked up, they are more likely to do that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, again, I think on the face of it, you look at it and say, oh, you know, where's that come from? That's not, not maybe not someone who's, you know, been been doing, you know, eight out of ten performances all season. But actually, I think it's someone that could really suit us. And again, I, I know it's not a lot of money that that I believe we've paid for him. So, happy days. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very very excited about this side, Ross. I, I'm probably not you're probably not as excited as me, but I, I'm assuming you're happy with it. Well, if he scores goals and uh, delivers to what <laughs> the two boys have said, uh, I'll be more than happy. Um, but no, he fits the whole model of the club basically. Um, he's young. He's a high potential signing, um, and I don't know what satis- what is satisfying about it, but I like a left-footed player. Um, I know Matt O'Reilly was in the uh, squad, um, so it's nice to get a replacement in who's left-footed. And um, it seems like uh, he knows where the goal is in and around the edge of the box. And um, I think that will be key uh, going into this uh, latter stages of the season where we'll play these relegation teams who are fighting for points and they'll sit deep for 90 minutes. And um, I think he will be a very key player in this Don's side. Um, but I, I think Liam Mann will be struggling this Saturday to who's playing. And um, especially when McEachran comes back, um, he's got a real headache on his hands for sure. Yeah, the thing we've, we forgot to mention with the Kemp signing especially is that... <clears throat> I'm afraid he's going to throw it there. And yeah, I think I think the one thing we've got to mention regarding the Kemp signing is that you know Liam Manning actually signed him from Chelsea, and now he signed him again. So he's a player that you know Manning's very very familiar with in terms of you know, his qualities, what he's how he's you know utilizing him in terms of positions he plays, how he plays with him. Um, and it's it's a it's a point that I was a bit disappointed that you know the journalist didn't mention to Manning and Sweeting during their presser in terms of you know. The connection of how many players that have come in that have been with Manning previously or know his system well, you know, Wickham, uh, Kemper, example, uh, Coventry, of course. You know, there's quite a few players who have been part of a Manning system before, in which you know they understand how he wants to play. And of course, with the likes of Kemp, you know, he's actually played at him for quite a long time. So I think that's been a really underestimated element of the whole window is that you know, Liam and the two Liams have sort of sat down and I'm not sure whether it was a deliberate act, but I'm sure there were some elements to it to which just Liam's kind of said, you know, look, I want, I want I've, these players. I know, I know can, I can help them and they're not hidden gems, but players who, you know, I've utilized before, done well for me before. And, you know, I can elevate them even further. And with the system, with these players around them, you know, they can really progress. And I think it's a really nice thing to see. And I'd love to hear Sweeting's thoughts on that. So uh, Liam, if you'd like to get on the pod. Give us a shout. And uh, yeah, just to add on that, on, I just add on that, Liam. I think uh, there's a fella that used to play under Liam Manning called Declan Rice. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. Maybe he might be knocking about in the summer. So 
you know, maybe, maybe that might be a future one to look out for. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you might be off to Chelsea though. Uh, it might be in the reverse of Dan Kemp did a few years ago, but make yeah, a swap well. deal for Kasumu, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, well, and another one to come back, of course, David Kasumu. So yeah, the, yeah, that Ross is completely right in terms of the selection headache that Liam Manning's going to have, um, even in a few weeks' time potentially. It's you know, it's it's a very talented squad, and I think it's only right that we sign off this part of the episode of our thoughts on there in general. You know, I'm assuming it's going to be very positive, but. Um, Joe, it'd be good to hear your overall thoughts now we're in February. Um, I think all round, it just shows, I think the wheels are well and truly in motion 18 months after, you know, Russ and Liam set, Russell Martin and Liam Sweet and set those wheels in motion by changing how we do things. Um, signings we have made that have been of older players have been sensible ones. They've been short-term deals and they've been, you know, ones with potentially a really high reward a la Connor Wickham, a la Josh McEachran. So, yep, big fan of it. Um, we're utilising the loan market really well. And I think Liam Sweeten said it perfectly. We're getting players that we couldn't normally sign for a normal fee. If you go to Sevilla and ask them how much they want for Kane Kessler-Hayden, I'd be very surprised if it was less than five, six million uh, or even even a, over 10 million. So I think it's that sort of way which we're really being clever around how we're using it. And I think... Um, it's just, you know, and then we've got this, you know, we're actually seeing the benefits of it. We've been able to sell two players, one for half a million rumoured and then another one for one and a half million. And then, you know, also there was the news late on deadline day that potentially next year we've got uh, quite a significant amount of money to start dribbling into the club's uh, coffers from a, a certain Deli Alley. So, again, this is all just, you know, we're starting to see the, benefits even not on the football pitch but just financially and through the business model um of of um, what's been going on and uh, Celtic have actually just scored in the old firms so uh yeah Matt O'Reilly seems to be doing all right there there at the moment so if, if we could have a few more of those then uh yeah it's going to be really beneficial for, to the club down the line as well yeah no real surprise that a uh Matt O'Reilly's fashioned it in Scotland I mean that was a given to be honest and uh, yeah, is it finally time, Ross, for Delhi Delhi to fund the franchise, or are we uh we have to wait a little while for that? I think we're gonna have to wait a little while for that. I'm I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, as Joe's just said, it's just about being clever, and um, I think obviously getting Liam Sweeten and Crampton and others involved at the top of the club with uh, footballing brains. I'm not saying that there weren't these before before in place, but being put in place obviously last summer. It's just ideal for the club, and now we're starting to see the re- uh, the rewards of it. And um, as I say, um, we're starting to reinvest money from what we've sold. Obviously, Matt O'Reilly for one point five million, um, and yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, I wasn't panicking on deadline day. I, I trusted Liam Sweeting and Co. Um, to deliver the right signings. And yes, we left them late, but they're worth it for sure. Yeah, I mean, you say you left them late, and they're announced late, but I think they were done waiting today. To be honest, I, I know I said I was same same as you, but I was, I was pretty chilled out. To be honest, you know, of course we were all at work, but you know, even at five pm, I was like, yeah, okay, we had one player, but yeah, you know, I think you knew well, they were coming. It, yeah, and it's a poison chalice. Like you, you know, you, you hear the rumors and you see the links, but you know, of course, there was a few that didn't end up happening. Um, but you know. It, it depends whether you like it or not. Some people don't like the rumours, some people do. Um, but, you know, overall, it's uh, 
at least the rumours this time mostly come true and they've been really good ones. So, you know, you can't really complain. But yeah, no, it's been a brilliant window and uh, credit to the recruitment team on all the hard work. Uh, unfortunately, not too much rest for them because I imagine they're already planning for the summer. But, you know, hopefully they take a few days off at Spending the least. Spending that Delhi uh, money. Yeah, well, well, well hopefully. Fire hopefully. up the spreadsheets. <laughs> and yeah, who knows, maybe even. Obviously, there's rumours of Reese Healy as well. So we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, 100% brilliant work. And uh, yeah, hopefully in the summer, depending on what division we're in, of course, uh, we'll, we'll see some fine work again. But we'll, we'll focus on the here and now. And that here and now is, of course, Lincoln on Saturday which after a little break, we'll talk about next. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, Lincoln City on Saturday for the Dons. Of course, back to Stadium MK. This one... It's going to be a tough game. I, I, I'm, I'm more nervous about this one than I was Wiccan, to be honest. And I'm trying best to explain why. But first of all, let's take you through some uh, stats of Lincoln. So 18th League One currently, uh, Lincoln City, the Imps, uh, 31 points in total. Most of that's been their poor home form. Um, they haven't really won many games at home this season. Um, and that's and the reason why is because they got all them away, really. You're 19 points out of the 31 picked up away from home this season. Currently in eighth in the away league table. Uh, the beating teams like Burton, Wigan and Sutherland on the road, which, you know, we could hopefully do that same uh, trifecta in a couple of weeks' time when we travel to Sutherland. But, you know, it's those three grounds are very impressive wins to get. So, you know, it's clear that Michael Appleton's side, you know, they've had a bit of a bit of inconsistencies, I think is is a polite way of putting it um, from away to home. But this, the China really tried to solve that. You know, signed some really nice players, I think, this window. And, you know, one that I've had a big admirer of, of Liam Cullen from Swansea. Also got in Morgan Wicketer from Swansea, so two really attacking wingers. Um, of course, Cullen can play as a winger and a striker. Um, quite nippy players also. And of course, John Marquise, who I know Ross is a... We had a little discussion earlier in the season about John Marquise. Um, and of course, since joining Lincoln, he's got two and two. So, you know, there's no surprise that he gets out of Pompey. He scores a few goals. Um, of course, our last meeting against Lincoln was Boxing Day. Uh, fortunately, only one of us in this call went to that one. Left a little free 2 win for the Dons. Uh, second half comeback from us there. Two of which came from Twiney, of course. Who else? But um, Lincoln's games in general were interesting. They're probably due some goals, actually. Uh, you know, if you look at the most basic, like, expected goal stat in terms of open play for and against, uh, looking at the four side of things, it's 25.2. And they've only scored 20 goals this season from open play. And then from the same sense, you look at the against column, they're probably due to see quite a few as well. So they've had 23.4 XG open play against, and then they've only let in 19 goals. So, you know, it's it's a promise to side when that happens to Dons, because, you know, typically we're a team that scores a lot of goals. Um, past couple of weeks we haven't, um, but, you know, that's mostly because we've been a bit more focused on structure and solidarity, especially against the bigger teams. But, you know, there's, it's good to see that the opportunity of this game, is, there is opportunity for goals. And, uh, you know, the Dons scheme has scored goals. So it's, it's a good sign. Um, in terms of play style, it's fairly similar. Um, Appleton's compared to last time, you know, they like to keep the ball in terms of sequences. Admittedly, it's nowhere near as frequent as the Dons, but you know, it's typically eight or nine passes per sequence, so it's it's fairly up there in the league. I think it's top five. Um, when they they like to control narrative when they can, whether that's you know on the ball using the wide areas of crosses, 
um, or whether it's from, you know, sitting back and hitting teams on the counter. And that kind of shows from there, you know, fifth highest pressing per defensive action in the league at 14.6. You know, they're happy to sit back and, you know, use the likes of Wicketer uh, and Cullen and Aledekin and people like that who, you know, have got the pace, have got the attacking potential to really utilise that. And I think they're, they're a team who's very fluid in terms of the way they approach games. And I hope those stats kind of outline that. So it's um, they're one of the toughest teams to prepare for, I think, in the whole league. And, and that is credit to them. I have no idea why they're 18th in the league, uh, really. They, they, their squad is way better than that. Um, and I suppose you could say the same. Uh, Doncaster, I don't know why they're down there also, but those two teams, but especially Lincoln, uh, they should be nowhere near 18th. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made a, a late push for the, at least the top half this season. But um, Ross, I know you wanted to focus on uh, John Marquis, so I'll let you chat about him for a bit. Yeah, you mentioned about, obviously, how he's got two and two. But I noticed, obviously, in the summer, um, he was being asked to be the main man for Pompey. And I think he was probably a bit too much pressure there. Um, I know um, he had a good season at Donny. Um, but I feel like, especially in this Lincoln team, yes, the pressure's not not as much as on him. because they've got Chris Maguire. Um, they've got Scully. They've got Whitaker, All chipping in with goals. Um, it takes a bit of pressure on him. And um, he can just do his... He just struts around doing his own business sort of thing. And um, he's a real handful. Um, we saw at Pompey, um, he lo- he's very much like a target man. Um, he likes ball at the feet. And um, it'll be a very physical one for Darling and O'Hora and Louis. Um, but the other player I want to mention was Anthony Scully. I feel like every time we play against this guy, he scores against us for some reason. I believe he's got nine in... Nine in um, I believe it is... Yeah, no, it's eight in 19. So it's not too bad of a record for where they are in the league. Um, someone who who's not afraid to get at his man um, can can beat their man, for sure, and um, knows where the goal is. So um, they've got plenty of players within this team which can hurt us. But, but they've also got some ex-dons, um, McGrandles, Paul. Um, and then, obviously, we had um, they've got Teddy Bishop, who uh, we were previously linked with in the summer under Russ. Um, so they've got some high-quality players, which can hurt us. So again, similar to Doncaster, I know we didn't start bang on from the start, sorry. Um, we just got to be on it, and um, let's just hope we can carry on the momentum from Wickham. Yeah, and, and Joe, I know we've mentioned this a lot previous away games, and the, you know, us starting games this season has been really, really poor. I know from the stands at Lincoln, which you were in the reverse fixture, that was very much the case here, and it we can't afford to do that on Saturday at home. It's if we do that, we could be in real trouble, couldn't we? Because the attack potential is Lincoln side is very, very dangerous now. Yeah, I think um, to say that the start against Lincoln wasn't very good is a little bit of an understatement. I think half the team was still absolutely blind drunk off the Baileys they'd been sipping the night before. Um, I think, um, yeah, we, um, but you know, we turned it around and. After you know, the thing is though, we, we gifted them the two goals. It wasn't as if they'd carved us open or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the team could look quite different to the one that we faced literally a month ago. Because um, up front that day, you had the likes of Fiorini, uh, who we haven't even mentioned, on loan from Manchester City, who is a great player, and also um, uh, Chris Maguire, who plays as almost like a false nine sort of role. But now they've got a proper focal point up front, so it, it, you know they're a different prospect. Um, 
I think as well with Lincoln, one thing, you know, looking back at the, their season, this season to last season, one of the main reasons I think is they don't have Brennan Johnson and they don't have Morgan Rogers. Uh, Brennan Johnson's been uh, got a, a big fat 18 million price tag on him. Uh, Brentford have bid 15 for him, I believe. So, you know, that shows you the type of player that was in League One last season. And then you've got um, Morgan Rogers, a Manchester City player who's been on loan at Bournemouth this season. So, you know, I think those two players made a huge difference for them last season. And I think, you know, maybe they're just struggling to sort of progress after after losing those two. Um, but I think that, you know, they're there to be got at. I don't think the defence is particularly solid, as you've said, um, you know, with the amount of uh, expected goals they've conceded. Um, so I think that, and another good thing with them is they're not going to sit in a low block. They are not going to do that whatsoever. And as we've mentioned before, you know, we've now got players that are going to be running beyond. You know, we've got Troy that's, you know, he looks like he's got a new lease of life and fair play to the bloke because a lot of us written, written him off six weeks ago. But he's coming more into it. You've got Corbinu, who is an absolute menace at running in behind with his pace. And then you've got the likes of Kessler Hayden, who is potentially going to be playing. And, you know, maybe even someone like Dan Kemp. And then obviously you've got Scott Twine. Um, Scott Twine just does Scott Twine things. Uh, although I have to say that his winner against Lincoln was one million percent an own goal. I'm not having that. I mean, I love the bloke to bits, but the fact he got awarded that goal from someone that was sat behind that, well, stood behind that goal. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. Um, but, you know, I think, that you know, there's going to be tons of space in behind a big pitch at Stadium MK. So if we use it, I think we can score a few goals. But at the same time, they are a potent attacking force. You know, they went to Stadium of Light and scored three goals. I think they scored two or three against Plymouth or Oxford recently. Um, so, yeah, again, a, a good team with plenty of tools to hurt us, but by no means are they invincible and can't be got out themselves. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very exciting game, I think. It's one of the... It's one of, I think it's one of the better home games this season, on paper, at least. Um but, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to this one. So, um, yeah, work calls. So, if it is nil nil, I'll I'll be pretty 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 annoyed. But at the same time, I'll be kind of like, thank God I didn't go. Um, but you mentioned lineups, Joe, and uh, let's get into ours. I mean, obviously, you know, we do all on Fan Herb every week, and this one is going to be interesting because there's a lot of new players, some people coming back. Of course, it's um, I'm interested to see what you've gone for. I'll start with mine just to give you a bit of an idea of what I'm thinking. So, the the goalkeeper who centre backs, uh, you know, fairly speak for themselves. It's obviously coming in goal, and then was Darling and Lewington. Um, no really, near really any explanation in that front, to be honest. I'm going to stick with tonight Watson at right back. Um, no real reason. Um, I just think he'll probably stick with tonight. He's had a really good, as Joe said, a really good six weeks, and I think he deserves to start. And you know, I think Kane Hester has to. And his place, quite frankly, um, one play he probably will start regardless of whether he needs to earn his place or not is Matt Smith. I think he will start alongside Connor Coventry. Um, and he, I'm really, I'm not going to miss his debut or potential debut because I think he could be quite a fun player to watch. And uh, yeah, I think he'll do his best to try and replicate what um, Matt O'Reilly was doing for us. Of course, Dan Harvey left wing back. That's pretty much rubber stamped, in, I think. And then uh, front three wise. Uh, Corbinu, Twine, and Mo. I'm going to go Mo with this one. Um, yeah, I'm surprised it's like it's 
uh, Wickham. Obviously, Troy did came in, did a really good job. Um, not saying he doesn't deserve to start again, but listen, most mo given the service, and he'll we'll get goals. So we've seen it time and time again this season, and hopefully it happens again on Saturday. So Ross, obviously seeing my lineup, what are your thoughts? Anything different? I've got a few changes. Okay. Um, I've gone with coming and goal. Obviously, we know uh, what an impressive loan he, he's been so far. So I think he'll carry on and goal. Um, I've gone with the same back three in Was, Darling and Louis. Um, again, faultless on Saturday, so there's no no reason to drop him. I don't think we can. Um, I've gone with Kessler out on out on the right. I think I think I think this is this is the game you probably want to see him in. Um, obviously, a team which isn't going to sit back. Um, it's going to be end to end, hopefully. And uh, he's I guess he'll thrive in it because we saw how well Ethan Laird did. Um, and then I've gone with the same um, two in the middle of the pitch, Smith and uh, Coventry. I feel obviously Coventry is really start starting to find his groove in the uh, MK side. Yes. I mentioned that he, he's not doing anything um, extra, extravagant, um, but at the end of the day, he's making making things look simple, which necessarily aren't. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I've gone with Smith alongside him. Um, and then I've gone with Harvey as the opposite wing back. And then up top, I've gone with uh, Theo, Twine, and uh, I've gone with Parrot. Yes, I'm a big fan of Mo, but at the moment, Parrot again on Saturday impressed me. I feel like he's been a new signing in a way. Um, he's really found a new lease of life um, in this little spell he's been in. And um, he's in form at the moment. And um, yes, I questioned whether um, he should have started on Saturday and he proved me wrong. Um, so I guess he'll probably get another start uh, comes this Saturday. Yeah, I, I completely get the uh, the KKH um, start over Watson. Um I just think for me, structure-wise, Watson would be better, especially with how Lincoln used the wings. But hey, listen, I, I would not be against all our attack approach and starting the new signing, the right wing back for sure. And yeah, Troy's interesting because obviously I know how much you love Mo, and I'm very keen to hear how Joe thinks about the situation because it sounds like a bit split at the moment. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a little bit torn myself as well. Um, so I've gone for the same, I've come in in goal, same back three. Harvey on the left, I've also gone with Kane Kessler coming in on the right-hand side. I think that there will be space. Um, and I think as well with uh, Kessler, I think he'll have the recovery pace because I think it's going to be a bit of a ding-dong with, you know, the counter-attacks are all over the place, players winning the ball high up the pitch. And I think that, you know, his, his extra speed will, you know, really be useful. Um, yeah, if, if McEachran's not fit, I think uh, uh, Smith can slot straight in alongside Connor Coventry. Again, Connor Coventry, steady Eddie, done nothing wrong, been good, been solid defensively. But been, you know, I've been quite impressed with him as well because um, you know maybe before we haven't necessarily, other than Cass, had a real steal in the midfield. So that's really nice to see. I've gone with Theo and Twiney behind. Oh, oh I'm going to go with Troy. I went. I was thinking I was going to go with Mo when Liam said Mo, but then actually, at what what Ross was saying, I think with someone like Troy, when he's playing well, just just keep him there because I think he's very much confidence player. And for a few months, when his head was down and when he was coming off the bench for twenty minute appearances, he stank the place out. To be quite honest with you, 
but in recently, you know, he's been given a few starts, he's been trusted, and it looks like you know he's had to earn that trust back from the manager. Why? Why should we just stop that when you know when he is playing as he is? Um, if Mo starts, I've got no qualms with that at all because I, again, I'm Team Mo and I'll back him. But I think when, when Troy's playing how he is, he's due a goal as well. He's due a goal. He's he's come close a few times. So um, come on, Troy. Yeah, no, you, you're completely right with the, the Troy confidence comment. Um, yeah, yeah, we should be playing him when he's starting, uh, when he gets running games, sorry. Uh, and yeah, and listen, it's up to him to you know, keep that running games up, to be honest, you know. And yeah, I think the goals do need to come sooner rather than later. But, you know, listen, I think if, if he's going to score in any game, it could be this one. Um, Lincoln or Jew. You could say we're Jew, really. Um, but hey, listen, it should be a really exciting game. Um, and I'm interested to see what you said for scores, Joe. What what you what would you reckon? I'm going for a repeat of the three two. Uh, <laughs> I was toying between two one and three two because, as we said, Lincoln have a plethora of players that can punish us, but so have we. Um, I think we've got more quality than them, and I think our defence is better than theirs. So I think we're legit, but I don't think it's going to be without uh, them them getting a few back on us. You're gonna make me regret missing this game, Joe, with a three-two scoreline again. I'm gonna be watching watching it. I'm like, oh. um, I mean, I, I hope it's a nice, easy three-nil. We cruise through it. There's no, <laughs> there's no heart attacks like there was at the last game. I think my blood pressure. I was, yeah, <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'll take a, I'll take a one-nil scrappy win. But you know, I think I don't think they're gonna make it easy for us at all. No, you, no, you're completely right. I think I think that's the case as well. Um, I'm gonna go three-one. I don't think it'll be as convincing as the scoreline sounds. Um, I just think we've got the quality on the pitch, especially now with the new recruits, to really change the game when we need to. And it could very well be the case that it's 1-1 and, you know, 60 minutes at, sixty minutes in and looking for a winner, bring on the likes of Dan Kemp, maybe even Mo if he's not starting or Troy if he's not starting. And, uh, you know, we do the business and get two quick goals. But I, I think it's a game we, we kind of need to win. Um, I don't think it's a complete necessity. I think people will say that because look at the league position of Lincoln, but I think that's a complete lie. I think they should not be a team, especially with the team they've got. Um, but listen, I, I do think we'll get the three points. Um, and, I, and I said, I'm not confident it's Wickham. I'm not confident it's the game on Saturday, but I am confident that, or mostly confident that we'll get three points. Ross, do you reckon we'll win? Yes, I do. I feel like they, there's a bit of a buzz around the place um, after obviously the win at Wickham. Um, and obviously, with this being such a young side, they will play off confidence. And um, I feel like with these new recruits coming in, I think that obviously, again, it's just added to the atmosphere, the good the good um, feel around the place. And um, yeah, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Dons victory. I do Ooh. feel like we'll keep another clean sheet. Darling um, looked, made well, I- I'd say made sure that uh, back line didn't, didn't concede on Saturday. But... Um, Obviously, Warren O'Hara will probably say different. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll keep another clean sheet and, um, yeah, let's, let's hope others slip up and we can gain points on the top two. Yeah, I'll take another clean sheet for sure. I mean, I can't say after then, but I'll take it. <laughs> I know, but no, I say all the matters are the three points to me. If we can get the three points um, on Saturday, I'll, I'll be over the moon, especially with um, a couple of long away trips coming up. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it should be interesting. But uh, thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the MQ1 Pod- 
MK1 podcast, get my words out. Uh, apologies again for the, uh, the noise in the background towards the start of the episode. Um, as mentioned, you know, lives is fast and as the show is at the moment. So, uh, yeah, but hopefully enjoy the episode regardless and hopefully see a lot of you Saturday. I won't personally, but I'm sure Ross and Joe will. Uh, and until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.